Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Communication Means Talking Together. I'm Arjun Bakshi. This week, I thought we'd talk about something that comes up a lot, which is how to be more interesting when telling a story. We've had a couple episodes on this in the past, storytelling that is, and we might have touched upon a few different techniques, but I came across an old video that I thought might be might be worth uh, recapping, and that's this old TED Talk from back in the TED Talk days when they were really popular. And it was by a speaker named, I think, Julian Treasure. And uh, the exact title escapes me, but it was basically how to find, how to make people find your speaking more interesting. And so that they listen to you. And there were many techniques mentioned in that video, so you can look it up. But one that definitely I try and practice and teach is the concept of prosody. P-R-O-S-O-D-Y. Now, what is prosody? Um, not to get technical, the simplest way to think of it is to have a melodious, uh, shall we say, tune almost to your voice. What you're trying to do, pretty much what I'm doing right now, is change your tone and change certain emphases along the way of the talk you're giving or the conversation that you're having in such a manner that just the same way as when you're hearing someone sing a beautiful song and carry a tune, as they say, you're essentially doing the same when you're speaking. You're carrying a tune to a certain extent. And why does this work? Well, we are attuned, no pun intended, to certain tones of, of sound over our existence as a species. Certain tones and sound are melodious to us, and others are less pleasant, more grating. For example, the, the stereotypical nails on a chalkboard, uh, very high-pitched sounds, uh, hurt our ears. And of course, so then what we try and do is we keep within a certain range, but where people go wrong is they end up speaking in a very tight range, and that's what we call monotonous. It's monotonous, single tone. See how that works? So the more variety there is, vocal variety there is in the highest tone you take and the lowest tone you take when you're speaking, telling a story or just having a conversation. It gives, to a certain extent, a melodious effect and the sort of what we call, this is part of what we call paralanguage or the effects behind language, such as accent, emphasis, and, and, and tone is the third, or, or three of many, I should say. So what it comes down to, folks, is we're trying to make sure that people enjoy the sound of our voice. That's a really big key. What's another one? Another one that one can suggest is the key 
of letting people know there's something interesting waiting for them at the end of the story. Every good story has a good ending. And you'll, you'll, you'll know this as well as I do, that when you're having a conversation with someone and you know, let's say something happened the previous day and you'd been keen to, you know, hear about it and you're anxious, like, well, what did they say? And what did you hear? And they could be as terrible a storyteller as there is on the face of the earth. But if the, the hidden ending, if you will, is that valuable, well, you'll put up with it to a certain extent. You might show agitation of like, well, let's get to it. But you'll sit through it because what remains at the end of the story is valuable. Think about the number of bad movies and bad TV shows you've put up with episode for episode or minute for minute because you're like, well, what happens in the end? I want to know what happens. Nowadays with the, the, the beauty of fast forward and, you know, you can just get even just somebody else to tell you what happened on a YouTube video, for instance, that, that, that is sort of taken away, but you're still keen to know what happened in the end. So how does that get accentuated? Well, the way we teach it is you want to give people an idea of where things are going. And there's a certain range in the very beginning, anything could happen as the story of a book or a movie or TV show progresses. Perhaps the number of possible endings reduces because more things are laid out, more things are set in stone, if you will, and the characters have developed, um, enough things have occurred and that creates pathways. And then it becomes kind of like one of those books. I'm sure you may have read them as a child as I did the so-called choose your adventure, you know, uh, effect comes into play maybe around the, I want to say the middle onward of the book with 40% mark onward of the, the story itself. And then the mind starts sort of doing these almost mathematical calculations. So it could go that way. The story could go that way. Option one. And then just like you had that uh, storybook as a child, like, okay, well, if you choose option one, flip to page 58 and then the story continues there. And that's a viable ending to the story. So as far as we know, and then there's the other options that lay. And so your mind is almost doing these bets as it takes in more information. Your mind is doing these bets. Well, could it be option A? Could it be option B? Could it be option C? And in the most interesting TV shows, they'll, you know, even be these online communities and like, well, I, here's my theory as to why option A is the best or most likely ending to the saga, right? And so forth. And people debate. It's very interesting, very engaging because within some parameters, this is the key within some parameters of possibility, there is enough room for the imagination of the audience to exercise itself and work through possibilities. And like I said, almost to a mathematical calculation of probability. So what do we have so far, we've got the idea of 
prosody or having melodious tone to our voice to keep things interesting. A second thing that we can do to make our conversations and our storytelling even more engaging is to give people a sense of suspense and give them a feeling that the ending of the story is enough of a mystery that it's worth sticking around for. Because think about it. The movies that people don't care about or the books people don't care about are where you can, where they're predictable. If it's too predictable, you know, um, it, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's just not worth my time, right? Because I, I already sort of know what's going to happen. And sometimes that's possible. So I'll give you one more, one more suggestion as far as to how to make stories more interesting, conversation more interesting. Think about stories as a commentary on people, right? Every story we, we read, we tell, we hear, right? In any form, in any media, it is some kind of way of thinking about people as a whole, humanity as a whole. While you're telling your story, while you're having a conversation, regardless of their best efforts not to do so, your audience is taking elements of your story and identifying with them, right? And they're saying, well, you know, I went through something like that. Oh, I, I, I think I went through that. Or that happened to me. Or what would I do if that happened to me, right? So making things relatable are really key. And a, a few ways we do that when we do, you know, more formal public speaking is you ask questions in the beginning and you tell a quick anecdote where, have you, uh, you know, you use phrases like, have you ever had this thing where this happened and that happened and that happened? Just like a few minutes ago, uh, I, I brought up the, the example of the choose your own adventure storybooks that we all may have had as children. That becomes a touchstone, right? And that helps people relate to more abstract concepts that are, well, you know, harder to grasp, if you will. And so relatability and making sure your audience feels, A, this affects them, or B, there's parallels to what they're experiencing in their life to what you're describing in the story that you're telling. And I would say as a bonus, so you've got the three right. We've got the relatability, the tone, and the sort of mystery regarding uh, how the story might end. I, I would say as a bonus, one other thing we can do to tell better stories is to really, over experience, over a period of time, get the sense of timing. Because you can tell the same story with more detail or less detail. Take more time, take less time, right? And you have to almost tell different versions of the story to different people. Not everybody has 40 minutes to spare to hear your story. And sometimes even people who would normally have the patience, they're just having a, a very busy day. And so your 40-minute story has to be condensed into a four-minute version. And so we have to, as storytellers, have some amount of adaptability that we can get to the main stuff in the time we have available 
and with the degree of patience we are provided by our audience. In this case, in this example, you know, your audience might just be one or two people. When it's a larger number of people, and you've been given a stipulated amount of time, that's different, that's formal. So think about your audience, think about their time limits, think about their patience. And I would say, you know, as a second bonus, if you will, give them, give them a good feeling of contentment at the end. Now, contentment doesn't mean that the story has to be happily ever after. That's not necessarily how things work. Contentment means that's complete. All my questions are answered, right? For the most part. Now, the self-reflective part of our minds will, will, will ponder, you know, philosophical debates about the characters in the story and other things that, that occurred or didn't occur. That's different. But as far as the audience getting the most out of your storytelling, for it to really have impact, there's got to be, uh, there's got to be some feeling that it's complete. It's done for better or worse. And to, uh, for our own enjoyment, maybe we can look at some great movies and, and television shows of the past and, uh, think about which was your favorite ending. I won't spoil any for you, but, uh, as an example, think about shows like The Sopranos or Breaking Bad or, um, movies, uh, which, uh, ha have highly debated endings. Uh, one that I know is, that's very debated is No Country for Old Men, right? Uh, another, um, action mystery thriller, depending how you want to look at it. So, uh, in your, in your fun free time, if you want to watch some of those shows or look up at what people think of those endings, have a look and, uh, think about how those endings, the way they were written, created a dialogue that exists till today. Till today, you can find at least one social media person or blogger who's debating the endings of these works of art, if you want to call them that. Should, have done, should, should they have done it differently? What does it even mean? And I think that that's the beauty of some of these endings is they're ambiguous. And you don't even really know what the ending was in some of these shows and movies. And I find that fascinating. Well, that's plenty, I think, folks, for today. Pleasure again to spend this afternoon with you. Hope you're doing well. Take care. Our website is culturespeak.com. Uh, drop us a line if you ever like. And see you next time.